good. Let's do it. Okay. Howdy. Welcome to Episode 7 of Cast Protection. Cast Protection is a podcast that discusses the Netflix original series, Stranger Things. My name is Jonathan Kreitz, and I'm joined by Dave Atterbury. Your mom doesn't knock. (laughs) And Chris Tyler. Don't close my curiosity door, Dave. (laughs) You can reach us at castprotection at gmail.com you can reach us at castprotection on twitter and on facebook we have a group you may also leave us a review on itunes we definitely encourage it so let's jump right into episode seven there's going to be a lot to talk about on this one i think so let me just let's dive right in in our opening mike cleans up l in the basement's bathroom and tells her that she's still really pretty they look like they're about to kiss when Dustin barges in to say that Lucas is on the radio. <laughs> Lucas is almost out of range, but he's frantically trying to warn the others that Brenner is on the way. Mike tells his mom to tell anyone that asks that he's left the country. <laughs> they leave on their bikes and meet up with Lucas, but are cut off by Brenner's men. Elle uses her powers to throw the van blocking their path, and they escape to the junkyard. Once there, Lucas apologizes to Elle, and Mike apologizes to Lucas the band is back together. And in our episode proper, uh, it begins at the police station with Joyce wanting to know what happened with Jonathan because he's all beat up, and Hop demands he explain what he and Nancy were doing with all their hunting gear. At the lab, or actually at Mike's house, Brenner and his team begin to tear it apart and warn Mike's parents that he is in real danger. He asks if Karen might know where they had gone. At the junkyard, the boys begin to make a plan to get into the lab when a helicopter approaches. They stash their bikes and hide inside an abandoned bus. At the police station, Jonathan finishes telling Hop and Joyce his and Nancy's part of the story. Joyce is upset with Jonathan for risking his and Nancy's life. And at the same time, Troy and his mother are at the station demanding that they do do something about the freak that broke Troy's arm. When Troy says that the girl had a shaved head... Hop asks where she was and who she was with. Troy says that she's with those losers and that she can do things. At the local gas station, Steve nurses his wounds and is fed up with Carol and Tommy. He regrets what they did to Nancy and he leaves. Hop, Nancy, Jonathan, and Joyce observe the, the G-men searching Nancy's house and they try to think of a way to find Mike and Elle. Jonathan gets the idea to use Will's walkie-talkie. In the junkyard, the boys debate whether they should answer Nancy on the radio. What if it's Trap? What if she's Lando? (laughs) But after Hop speaks, Mike answers with where they are. At the theater, Steve offers to help clean up the graffiti, and his face is really jacked up. (laughs) Karen is worried for Mike and the kids. Her husband says they need to trust the government, and there's no way that Nancy is involved. Yeah, the dad, I, I, don't, I should look up his name. He he could not be more wrong anytime he <laughs> offers an opinion yeah. in these last couple episodes. He looks like Christopher, uh, Col- uh, not Christopher Columbus, uh, Robert Zemeckis, too. It's weird. Yeah, he, well, you're right. He does. He's he's a weird-looking guy. Um, and he has some awesome glasses, too. <laughs> the boys are cracking up, waiting for Hop. They hear a noise and then see two cars full of Brenner's men approach, guns in hand, uh, but Hop subdues them just in the nick of time. Joyce, 
Jonathan and Nancy wait at the buyer's house, and now the entire team is together for the first time. Mike explains what they know about the upside down, and Hop realizes that the gate they're referring is what he saw in the lab. Elle tries to find them uh, using the walkie-talkie, but she can't. Elle realizes she may be able to find Barb and Will if she uses a bath similar to the one she had in the laboratory. So we cut to Mr. Clark's house, where they are watching Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, Mr. Clark's not alone. He's got a he's got a little side yeah. piece going on. <laughs> well, I, I mentioned mm. that a little bit later, but yeah, he's on a hot date, uh, there, uh, which I'm sure she's just loving being subjected to, you know. It's the mustache that gets all the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't seem too upset. No, no, she she seems like she's yeah she's she's down with it, but uh, yeah, it's a pretty gross part of that movie that they're watching <laughs> right when right when Dustin calls. And with a little cajoling, he's able to convince Mr. Clark to help them figure out how to make a sensory deprivation tank for <laughs> L. They're only going to need about 1,500 pounds of salt. And I was like, 1,500 pounds? <laughs> oh, my. Only, yeah. <clears throat> the gang, so the gang goes to the school. Hop and Jonathan raid its road salt supply to get enough salt to make the, the water buoyant enough. Hop promises to find Will. He wants Jonathan to stay away from the Demogorgon. Joyce can't lose both her sons. Dustin and Lucas attempt to unfold the kiddie pool with little luck, <laughs> and Nancy impresses Mike with her breaking and entering skills. Uh, Nancy suggests that they should tell each other everything, no more secrets. They then proceed to, both of them, deny that they like either Elle or Jonathan. <laughs> Joyce helps her Elle prepare for getting into the bath and tells her that she is a very brave girl for agreeing to do this. She promises to stay with her the entire time. They prepare the bath and Elle gets in and almost instantly she's in her mindscape. The plan is working. Elle finds what is left of Barb. She is gone. Joyce calms her down and Elle continues walking through. She sees Castle Byers and she goes inside. This is the fort in the woods we saw from the earlier episodes and Will is there but he's unconscious. He wakes up and tells Joyce that she needs to hurry. Then he's gone. Hop is going to the fort, and Joyce makes him take her, too. They leave Jonathan to watch over all the kids. Nancy tells Jonathan that they need to get their gear back from the police station. She wants to finish what they start and started and kill the Demogorgon. They're going to do it for Barb. Hop has a different idea, though. He isn't actually taking them to the fort behind Joyce's house. He is going to break into the lab again and go through the gate. Jonathan sneaks into the police station and grabs all their gear. Nancy grabs a fire extinguisher. Hop and Joyce are immediately captured on the lab grounds when they break in. And in the upside down, Will is singing to himself that he looks weak and like he's barely hanging on. Outside the fort, he hears the Demogorgon approach. It smashes through the wall of the fort, and that is the end of Chapter 7. Yeah. See, this is the one, and I and I, had the, I didn't get a chance to listen, but this is the one I thought after it smashed through that it went to... To to no to no music or you're, something like you're, that. You're probably right. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, that was also you know what, you know we talked about all these cliffhanger endings, a great ending on this one. But um, in terms of the opening, we've had several great openings in a row, but this one was even better if that's possible. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, for one, it was kind of different and cool to see like a big action scene, you know, in the daylight, not in the, mm -hmm. some dark forest or, 
you know, in a, an imaginary oh, yeah. alternate dimension. But it was a, a really great action kind of set piece as the kids are racing their bikes through the neighborhood, you know, cutting through backyards, downhills, yeah. everything else, trying to to get away. Here's for the for for that one guy who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room that hey, The Force Awakens is just a remake of A New Hope. Okay, this is like a remake of the ET scene. Yes, yeah. duh. You know, here's your no prize. I think what's awesome about this, like, is you're pointing out, JC, like it, this still works. Oh yeah, it shows you like yeah. how how like awesome it is. Like, you know, this simple thing of just kids on their bikes trying to escape from bad guys through the neighborhood still works. Yeah, well, and you know, it there it shows how resourceful they are. They're they know the neighborhood like the back of their hand. You know, they're gonna they're gonna make it through. Um, and it's and it's not you know it's not exactly the same as ET. No. I made a note here that instead of them flying away, which obviously is one of the like greatest right. scenes in cinema history, you know they actually send the 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 ones that go flying are the government operatives. The yeah, yeah, she yeah. magnetos the hell out of that truck. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's oh, great. Yeah. They, well, I love that they, they they did the ET zoom on her face right before she did it too. That's yeah. the thing that made me really think of that movie. But yeah, yeah I mean yeah. it's a blatant blatant homage but it's you get so caught up in it the other thing that that does and it's something that i talk about on the vault of startling monster horror tales of terror all the time is that i like when they actually put kids in peril and they've done that throughout this whole show and this is Mm. about as close to that as they've come so far i mean this is you know, I know it looks like it's a tranquilizer gun in the last episode that they have for L, but I, I don't think any of these people have compunction about killing anybody. So there's no legitimate danger. So, I mean, you know, that woman is not lying to Mike's mother in the lap, last episode. He's in danger, but it's because of them. Right. Yeah. Creepy lady. I mean, she shot Benny in the head without even blinking. No. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that they would they wouldn't have any problem. I mean, that's one of the things that it reminds me of the farm from Firestarter. You know, they'll they'll kill to protect their weapon. Yeah. So well, and there, I mean, even in this exact scene, like that, the van that she sends flying is like, I mean, it's basically going to run them off, like run the kids either off the road or just run them over. It's you know mm-hmm. accelerating at them. Uh, the first time I watched this scene, I, it happened so suddenly. Uh, it was just really, really well directed, really well done because mm. I obviously wasn't anticipating this is what was about to happen, but you know, it's very cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, for me, I've, I've noticed like usually my favorite, uh, movies or shows, you can almost break them into chunks and each part is almost a perfect little mini movie. And, and this, you know, each sequence, you know, even though there's connective tissue and, and this opening is like an almost perfect little mini movie from, yeah, from where we kind of begin with, you know, Mike almost getting some play, you know, <laughs> d- d- down to the end with, uh, you know, the classic as, you know, as like the kids theme is playing and the classic, you know, zoom in is on, on the handshake, you know, bros for life. And then it yeah. slams into the credits, you know, and the yeah. credit music starts up and it's, I was just like, Oh my gosh. I remember sitting there at, I don't know, it was probably three in the morning and I was just like, this is the best show ever. <laughs> so. No, that is, that is a great, really, really great handshake that, uh, mm-hmm. that a lot of meaning in that handshake is Mike and Lucas make up finally. It was good. 
Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not. And, Lucas doesn't even just make up for it. It's you know he, <laughs> Dustin's talking about her flipping the van, and nobody knows what to say. And Lucas says it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, he's yeah. just. Yeah, his wall oh, yeah. is completely gone at that point. Oh yeah. And they kill it during that scene. Like you watch, like when in the rewatch, like right after the van flips. They all give each other this double take type look. Like, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. You know, like it just, <laughs> um, it's just great, man. They knock it out of the park every time. It's great. Um, that all being said, and it was great. How come none of these boys were like, wow, this is just like from ET? <laughs> that one, <laughs> two on the nose. I, 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 and honestly, that was my fear watching it. I said, oh, she's going to hop the bikes over the, the van. And I, I was so thankful that they didn't do that. Um, mm-hmm. because it, it turned it on its head and I, it, you know, it allowed it to be an homage without it being, oh, okay, now it's just a ripoff. Um, I'm yeah. glad they didn't call attention to the actual title of the film that they were homaging yeah. there. That would have well, been. I, and I've got a theory about yeah. that that we can get into here in a second, but yeah, I am as well. I just thought it was funny. It was like, <laughs> there, the, if there were, if, if they were aware of E.T. as a movie, this is, it would obviously have been something they would have been into just being their age and the time it was and all that. But yeah. 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 Well, it's taken multiple episodes, obviously, but the story threads are all finally coming together in advance of the final chapter. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got Hop and Joyce and Jonathan and Nancy um, at the beginning of this episode are all in the police station and are finally, finally, finally you know, sharing information. Basically that's what it all stems down to is like once Nancy and Jonathan shared information, they realized, you know, something is up once hop and Joyce shared information and they realized something was up. And now that all four of them are putting it together, they're really seeing, you know, the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, most of, I was just I was just perusing my notes and it's funny that most of my notes for this are just me like quotes everywhere from this episode. <laughs> the di- the dialogue in this episode is 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 so awesome and it, it, there's so much energy to get when they get everybody together. Oh yeah. Um, I, I love seeing them all get together and how they get together. You know, it's just so good. You know, the whole Lando thing is just. <laughs> Awesome, you know, it's Lando, you know. Like, <laughs> right. I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good about this. Right. <laughs> they, they didn't quite go as far as saying like I have a bad feeling about this, but yeah, you know, like you said, probably would have been a little too on the nose. But yeah, um, I, I like I like I like how they're flipping it just a, just a smidge, just just a just a slight skew off. Like you know, I mean, if you think about it, like. You know, if, if this is a universe where, where ET exists or if it doesn't, you know, I mean, she's, Elle's kind of the anti ET. You know, yeah. ET was cuddly and friendly and always <laughs> healing plants and, and, you know, she's a we- psychic weapon that kills people. So yeah. <laughs> she's kind of the opposite of ET. Yeah, no doubt. In some respects. Yeah. Even though she's sweet and cuddly and, you know. Yeah, it's, she's straight, she's, she's basically Akira. <laughs> You know. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, that's a good poll. I'll have to think about that. See if there's a little more Kira in there. I think so. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah. Oh sorry, I'm thinking ahead to the next episode. Forgive me. <laughs> <Okay>. oh. <laughs> yes. 
The show keeps on giving. Okay. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right. Sorry, JC. Keep going with your notes. No, that's Keep cool. You guys are great. That's good. Akira has not – oh, man. I, I don't think I've ever even seen all of Akira, so uh, – uh, You know what? It, it would be worth going back and rewatching it. I'm going to try to do it if I can before we get to episode eight because uh, – okay. And it honestly just dawned on me at that point just now where it's like she's got the shaved head. She's a small child that's been weaponized. It's a direct yeah. – a direct homage. Running around nice. in her uh, – in her like uh, – Gown. Her, uh, her, yeah, her, her gown. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Sweet. I'll see if I can right, add that one to the column. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I, and I jokingly was saying all the stuff about E.T., but, you know, when they do call Mr. Clark, what is he watching? The Thing. Yep. Which mm-hmm. now has achieved, like, cult cinema status. It's recognized as being, you right. know, an, a great, suspenseful horror movie with great performances, great direction, mm-hmm. you know, a great score, all of those things. But unfortunately, <laughs> it opened opposite of E.T. What movie? E.T. E.T. Extraterrestrial. Lloyd. And got, yeah. you know, it bombed out basically because everyone in the world wanted to see E.T. and so not, pieces, man. you know, this about a terrible shape-shifting monster that might take over the entire world if they don't you know, kill it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I just, I just hypothesized that maybe this is a world where, you know, there was no ET. So the thing didn't, you know, get destroyed opening opposite of it and is right. already then recognized for the classic it is because Mr. Clark, even, you know, maybe he reads Starlog or Fangoria or something. <laughs> oh, but yeah. <laughs> he, he even knows how they did the special effects in, in the scene that they're oh, watching. Yeah. yeah. Well, as a so. huge fan of the thing, that just played well for me. It makes no sense. It would not have been on retail video at that time. There probably wasn't even any way to rent it at that time, but I well, don't care. I, I wonder, because, I mean, it came out in 82, and this is set in 83, but I guess I wasn't sure when, st- like, you know, when did video stores become, like, a thing? I know it was in the well, at some point. he does have the Ooh. AV kit. He was probably a tape trader back early on. You can see him. He's probably oh, the guy that's yeah. got all the, the fanzines piled up in his bedroom yeah. and, you yeah. know, trading tapes and, and, and everything. So Yeah, I know in, in, in real life, I think it was the next year when my family finally had, a, had like, a VCR. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go J. David Weeder and do some Google foo. I want to see. I want to look up when the first commercial VHS release of the thing was. See, I tried yeah. to find it yesterday, and I was maybe I just wasn't searching the right places, but I was having a hard time getting an actual like street date for the VHS yeah. release. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, you look that up. Um, there you go. <clears throat> the other thing, you know, it's a classic. 80s movie trope or even modern movies too but definitely back then to have the montage but i the montage of them preparing everything for you know the deprivation tank was was pretty cool i especially like the scene of joyce encouraging Elle. i thought it was really powerful Mm -hmm. Uh, you know she's giving her that kind of motherly love that she's never oh, had yeah well and she's yeah yeah no no i mean i don't yeah no female interaction no yeah, yeah no mom for yeah. sure well and here's the thing joyce knows 
more about Elle than Elle probably knows about Elle. You know, she's met her actual mom. True. Just that earlier, you know, I guess the previous yeah. day or whatever. But she, you know, she, she's encouraging her. She tells her she's brave and she is brave for doing it. And that's one thing I couldn't tell if Elle is operating out of guilt, you know, at this point or out of love for her new friends or maybe a little bit of both. I don't know what you guys think about that. Probably both, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, we see from the flashbacks and, and just this story, you know, she, you know, she caused the rift and, you know, basically went on the lamb. We don't know how. Um, we don't see if we see basically see up to the moment that the the gate is open, but she's still in the tank. And then the next we see her, she's found in the woods uh, by our intrepid heroes. So, um. You know, she's had about as much time to process all this as everybody else in the story. So I imagine it's probably a little both, probably a little bit wanting to help her new friends and also feeling really guilty about everything. Well, that's a good, and that's a, and, and, and that's not necessarily like you all said earlier, it's not her fault that she's been made to be this way, but I don't think a little kid can process it quite that way. You know, right. She, she's been forced to do all these things for all intents and purposes so it's not yeah. really truly her fault that she was forced to make contact and yeah. doing so accidentally like blew a, a hole to another world. What well, I guess, and you're right, we never really did see in all those flashbacks what actually happened then. You know, what happened, yeah. how she got out, how the, you know, the Demogorgon, did it come through then or did it just tear the rift or what? And I actually think the first time we see her, isn't it going into Benny's diner? I don't think it's when she meets the the kids in the woods. I think that's no. the... Oh, right, right, yeah. I think that's later after she's fled from, um, you know, Brenner and, the, yeah. and all the gunmen or whatever. Yeah. But, well, um, well it's, it's interesting you bring that up because, like, I... One of the things I noticed in this, in this episode on me watching it was like when she first tries to find Barb and Will and she, and she fails, she can't, she can't find them through yeah. the radio. Yeah. And she immediately starts crying. Like she, like she almost looks scared that she failed about finding them. And I thought back to all the other times, like when she can't do something, like her immediate reaction is to like get really scared and cry, which is like speaks volumes probably like to what happened to her. And how she was treated back. Yeah, she's, she's afraid she's going to get thrown into that closet without the windows in it, you know? Yeah. 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 And even, you know, even now when she's away from all that and with her new, her new friends, her new family, so to speak, she's still, uh, mortified about letting them down. So just to, uh, to interject, um, According to the last bastion of accurate knowledge, Wikipedia does mention that the film was released after its initial theatrical run on VHS, RCA video disc, and Laserdisc. If that thing was coming out on RCA video disc, there was probably a good chance that Mr. Clark could have got a bootleg or an actual copy of it somewhere. If he's that much of a technophile, uh, you know, he probably had some way to get it. So we'll give yeah. that a no prize. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So it's plausible. As they it's, it is process. plausible. And it was also uh, re-edited for uh, television uh, for TBS. Whether or not that was that early as 1983, I don't know. Was the yeah. Superstation even around in 1983? Probably. Oh, Superstation. Yeah, oh, I think so. 
I would guess so. Yeah, it was launched in 76. Okay. Okay, there you go. Because I would think it was like contemporaneous with CNN as well, right? Uh, CNN was was after TBS. CNN didn't come out till late in the 80s. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I think CNN actually, it was the Gulf War that essentially made it like, made it a channel, really. Well, let's not uh, postulate. I'll look up it when I'm done. Yeah. Well, yeah and so we decided this was that for you. Exactly. Uh, sorry, Steve Claus. Yeah. Um, Stranger sorry, Things. Yeah, cause, cause this is, this is set in fall of 83, right? Or the winter of 83. Yeah, November of 83. And it's all, we're still, and I love, that's one thing I love about the continuity of these episodes back to back is it's all still in the same week. Ooh, 1980 for CNN. That's what I thought. Really? Yeah. I thought it was because it's all, it it's in the Superstation and CNN, both like Ted Turner. Yeah, that's both Turner Broadcasting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, I must have been thinking of a different channel that kind of basically like really took off in the, with the Gulf War coverage. I thought that was CNN where it really kind of um, the 24-hour news cycle really took off with that. But we are on a tangent. That's all right. It's so, apropos. It's apropos. It's apropos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you this question then, unrelated to CNN or the Superstation. <laughs> and once again, they don't. Ah, man, I don't know if there's enough information in the show to explain it, but like why when we very clearly see Elle use her powers to like travel in her mind or whatever you mm-hmm. describe what she's doing, it's like yeah. this black empty expanse. Mm. And it's certainly she's not in the upside down right then. No. No. That's um but that is where, you know, I, I think don't know. she's just touching it. I think is the, yeah, must yeah be that's to believe. Yeah, the uh, I, the way I took it was that's her perception of that psychokinetic world. That's why Will isn't actually she can't grab Will and take him out. She just oh. can feel where he yeah. is. Yeah, and she's making it's not. I assume it's not an actual physical contact when she touches the monster at that point. It's essentially right. her touching like him with his mind, with her mind. Well, because it doesn't react to her walking up until she touches it. You yeah, know, it's not like it. Yeah, she gets right up to it and didn't even act like she's there. So maybe it is unaware of her until she makes contact. Yeah, I mean, I get you know that's. I mean, I guess that's like if you want to maybe say it, you know, in terms of put put it into some sort of matrix terminology, it's that's the big white room, you know, from the matrix when they're booting up to to go into the matrix it's not they're not there yet it's just the periphery that is sort of touching everything it's not the upside down it's this is what i'm seeing in this blank slate of whatever wherever my mind is but it's not the you know it's she's not the flea at that point she's not in the upside down right yeah yeah, and I, I think I, that makes sense. I, it's just, you know, they don't really, I don't know, inquiring minds want to know, I guess. And that's just the kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, way I go sometimes when it's watching shows like this or reading a book or whatever. But right. yeah, I'm like, why, why, why is it different? Should it be the same? Should it be different? What? But no, that's good. That makes sense. Well, and I had another note here that Jonathan and Nancy once hop in joy sleeve. Uh, have finally progressed to quote unquote stupid teens in a horror movie with their plan to leave all the younger kids to go kill the Demogorgon. 
Yeah. Um, no, I mean, and that's that's kind of selling them short because they actually do have a good plan, an effective plan and all that. But it's like, stay here. Watch the kids. We'll be right back. I didn't get I didn't get that out of it. If it was going to be the two of them deciding they were going to go sneak off and screw or smoke dope, then uh, <laughs> then yes, I would say that they've yeah. been involved in the hunt for this thing for too long. It's it's not. I don't even see it as that. I see it as we've come this far. We have to finish it. Well, that's why I said it was. Let's do it for Barb because I think with the yeah. confirmation that Barb is gone, I think that also kind of galvanized Nancy to. You know, see this out to the end, basically. Yeah. Well, and I like the fact that they're they're being proactive and they're they're going to go take the fight to the monster. Um, as much as I love '80s horror movies, and I do, that's one of the things that I like about this is they're they're not just perpetually running from the monster. They're 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 turning to fight. I always like that more than just you know constantly yeah, running. Yeah, Nan- Nancy's n- never really the She's not really the Jamie Lee Curtis. She's um, she's the final girl pretty much from the outset. As soon as stuff she realizes mm-hmm. stuff is weird, it's she's yeah. taken that responsibility on. Yeah, yeah, they're very much uh, Ripley and Hicks, which I like. Oh, geez, didn't yeah. even think of that. Well, yeah. and that, that's actually you're. Uh, I think you're really right about that because she does really take the lead. In mm-hmm. their plan, in deciding to act, all those kind of things. So, man, yeah, yeah, Ripley's a a good a good comparison. Yeah. Um, speaking of of uh, analogies, man, good old uh, Kurt Russell. I mean, uh, Chief Hopper, uh, awesome in this. <laughs> oh yeah, just his one-liners. You know, try me. You know. Yeah. And, <laughs> And uh, I just love what he, you know, when he gets the, finally rescues the kids, you know, let's go. Like, yeah. Just <laughs> so good, you know. It's so good. It's so great to get them all together. Um, that's definitely one of the highlights of this episode for me is, is the whole gang. The Scooby gang is all together, ready to uh, figure out what's going on. Yeah, one of the uh, the small details I liked was um, it looks like they clearly filled up that kiddie pool with water and salt because they do the test of mm. you know if the egg floats on the top of the water. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I mean maybe you know it could have been Cairo syrup, I don't know, but whatever it 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 sells it, you know, it's and it's not this big major effect. It's just a mm. you know a real thing like being if you were in the ocean you'd be able to float because of the salt, but. It's uh, it's just the small things like that. Oh yeah, no doubt. And that's um, I, to me at least, one of the most iconic shots of the show is the mm-hmm. crane shot of Elle, you know, suspended in the bath with her goggles on, arms spread out. Like it, it's a really cool shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I and and Joyce being in her ear the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. It just was a continuation of the scene before, I guess, but. I just like it was a very emotional scene with her, you know, grabbing her after it was all done, telling her she did good, and you know, it was it was good. Yeah, it's and it's a not a stark contrast, but it is you know there's a comparison to be made between the way Brenner talks to her when she's oh, in her Brenner. in that place and the way the Joyce talks to her. It's they're both kind of saying the mm-hmm. same things, but it, the approach is completely different. 
Okay, ah. speaking of Brenner, and I yep. think in an earlier episode I said, isn't that the way that Brenner talks to her, the same way that Mike was using the phrase understand, understand? But in this episode, it's the one where she's going in and he's basically telling her, like, I want you to make contact, you know, you, I want you to reach out, understand. It's the last thing he says to her. Mm. So, yeah, I, I it's just funny how they tie their kind of phrasing together like that. But obviously, yeah. she's a lot closer to Mike than she is to Brenner. Oh, and Matthew Modine. He, he, man, his performance, it's subtle, but it's creepy. Yeah. Like well, that scene part, where he's, oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was think I was about to say exactly what you were going to say. Oh, yeah. Well, like when he's sitting there at the table yeah. with, uh, with the parents, you know, and, and just the way, will you trust me? And his delivery, it's almost like there's like a kind of trembly old man voice, you know, he's, a, he's reptilian I, almost. I want to help you. Will you let me help you? You know, just, oh, will you trust me? Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, yeah, like reptilian. Like, he's almost hypnotizing the oh, mom. You yeah. Know? Just, he, well, maybe he is using a little psychic whammy on her. Who knows? I, maybe. I don't know. He, I, it's, <laughs> uh, well, you, she's, like, crying tears at that point. You know, like, the tears mm-hmm. are rolling down her face. Yeah. I can't tell if it's because mm-hmm. she's scared for herself or scared what this guy could do to Will or, or I mean, uh, Mike. But yeah. yeah, yeah, you know what you saying that um, his delivery. You know what it just reminded me of. It just reminded me of uh, the creepy reverend in Poltergeist too. The way he yes. kind of speaks. It's that same sort of mm-hmm. subtle, creepy, like you said, reptilian. Yeah. There's something just slithery and off about the whole performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he really. I mean, wow. I did not think. You know. I wouldn't have thought, you know, Matthew Modine when I would have. If you just show me that character on paper, that's not who I would have thought of. But wow, he did a a really bang up job with it. And he has awesome sideburns too. Yeah, would it? But would it have really worked if you had got a traditionally sleazebag actor to play that? I don't think it would have. You know? No, no, no. Like, I mean, because at the end of the right. day, this guy, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a government agent of some kind. He's also a, clearly a scientist, so he's not mm-hmm. he's not stupid. Well, and he hasn't yeah. been overtly. We haven't really seen him much to begin with for the first half of the show, and he hasn't been overtly evil or even like overtly abusive to L in the scenes we've seen him in. It's just. Slowly but surely, they're kind of peeling it back to show that this guy is ruthless. This guy is creepy. This guy's evil. You know, mm-hmm. as they've gone along, it's, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's oh yeah, the, he's not going to stop. Yeah, it's the yeah. kind of the kind of ruthless that doesn't have to raise its voice. Yeah, which is <laughs> yeah, scarier in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little little. Yeah, it's even it's a little more intimidating than just the overtly yelling, chewing the scenery. Al yeah. Pacino style. Did, did you guys ever uh, play Bioshock? Yeah. I did play Bioshock. Yes. You know, uh, yeah. would you kindly? Um, it's just, it <laughs> kind of made me think of that a little bit too, just the, you know, the approach. Um, and you don't really realize it until, you know, you get to a certain point in the, in the game. Spoilers for a 10 year old game. Uh, the guy <laughs> in the game, the guy that you, you know, has been asking you kindly to do things is, is the bad guy. <laughs> so, right. uh, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, 
we know he's the bad guy from the jump in this show, but it's the it's that same kind of approach. Yeah. Nice. So on the other end of the spectrum, from creepy, uh, uh, hilarious. Oh my gosh, um, the deputy. <laughs> I'm an I'm an officer. Was a riot. I'm an officer. <laughs> but it was a little girl. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was a great scene. There it is. Just, that tone. Yeah. yeah. Just rubbing it in, rubbing it in unintentionally on the on the bully one more time was just great. That was awesome. <laughs> oh my heck, so good. Yeah. So good. Um, I loved Nancy's reaction walking into Joyce's house. Just oh yeah, stop. Uh, look around. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> the kids don't seem phased by it. <laughs> oh, speaking of callbacks, when they're going to find the walkie-talkie, what is the poster that's in Will's room? Mm. Jaws. Ooh, I, Jaws. I knew it. I knew yeah. it was one I'd seen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, so. Speaking of, I just saw while we were getting set up to record tonight. All the Jaws movies are on Netflix right now. They all are? Delightful. All ah, oh, talk wow. about having a, it's like, it's like, you watch all four of those in a row, it's like drug use. It's like you get that high, then you start mm-hmm. coming down, and you start coming down, and then you crash. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny though? I, as a kid, Jaws the Revenge was the one I could always find in the store, and I oh, probably yeah. watched that one the one the most for a long time oh yeah Yeah. and and three was always on syndication oh my gosh it was on hbo so much like seriously i saw i think i've seen three more than like any of the other ones it's bad that i can't tell which one is worse three or four oh four i I will say four but three is really even as a kid, really I was like, even too. as a kid, I was like, yeah, I like three better. I like three because of how ridiculous it is. <laughs> well, the whole part at the end when the shark crashes through the glass and oh, I love it. Like, <laughs> I love so it. Good. Louis Gossett yeah. Jr. Come on, it's oh, Wade, man. See, oh man, yeah. And as I, I loved him as a kid, not from Jaws three, although he was fine in that, but from Iron Eagle. Oh my God, Iron Eagle is one of my favorite eighties movies. Yeah, but this is this yeah. is not this is not the Iron Eagle podcast. Uh-huh. Though we should probably hey, talk that, about it at some point. Yes. yes. No, we're gonna have to do that at some point. I own yeah. the soundtrack on CD. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll do that. We'll do that movie at some point. Yes. All right. Let's get back to Stranger uh, Things. Yeah. Well. So I didn't really have any other notes. That was that was kind of the end of that. I guess. uh you know, they're leaving you on a really intense cliffhanger in this one, as it seems like the Demogorgon has finally tracked Will down. But again, it begs the question, like, how did it, you know, why did it find him now? Why now did it finally track him down to, you know, for for buyers or castle buyers, I guess it is. Uh, maybe because everybody's starting to bang on the door, you know. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's more action that's. You know, the the real world is now intruding on the, the upside right. down, so I don't know. Well, maybe Elle, you know, Elle had just gone there in her mind, maybe that... I think that's what drew it there. Like, led, or led it there, yeah. That's that's what I felt, because I was watching this show the second time around, I got the feeling that it didn't take Will into the upside down so much as unintentionally suck him through. 
Um, mm. and then that's why he was kind of left alone. So he went over to his fort and just kind of hid there. And, um, and then it, it drew, it was drawn to him when L or when L came and directly contacted Will because she touches Will the same way she touched the monster. So she kind of made a, a one-on-one connection. I think that because she seems to be connected to the monster, it pulled it right to him. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that was another thing, uh, from a, a really nice little bit of continuity, continuity is that from earlier in the show, where does the family dog go? It goes and yes. is laying down in their little fort. Mm, um, yeah. So it, it, it knew where Will was or, you know, had an idea. I guess it probably didn't know what it meant, but it was just a little subtle hint that that's where he actually was hiding in the upside down. Yeah. Scruffy nose. Yep. One, good uh, dog. good. Yeah, one small point, uh, during the synopsis, you mentioned that Barb is gone. Uh, we won't say mm-hmm. too much about it, but there is, uh, something that's clearly shown, um, with Barb at that point that will come back into play mm-hmm. into the next episode, but I don't think we need to spoil yes. it. We can leave it as a tease. Ooh, I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm actually not 100% sure, so. Poor Barb. I, justice for Barb. Justice Poor Barb. for Barb. Seriously. Yeah, do it for Barb. So, well, See, that's... she thought she was being smart. She thought she was being abstinent and not drinking and, but you know. Well, she, she didn't, but she still got dead. Yep. Yep. She still got dead. Bummer. So, better luck next time. Well, I, uh, that's all the notes I had. Uh, if there, is there anything else you guys could think about episode seven? It, you know. It's hard to talk about these last few episodes one by one because they so seamlessly flow, you know, right. Here's one, here's one that won't spoil ahead. If you want to know what it's like trying to watch a horror movie with my wife, just, just watch poor Mr. Clark trying to get his date to watch the thing. That's pretty much it right there for me too. (laughs) That's the oldest trick in the book though, Dave. You get, you get the scary movie, put your arm around him, blood's flowing. Yeah. I'd say it works every time, but. It never worked for me, so. <laughs> uh, man, we used to, when we were kids, especially in high school, we would go see every scary movie. But at some point, that all that all changed. I don't know if it was us having kids ourselves or what, but Suckers. I, I still like to watch a scary movie, but Kristen is, is done with that. Yeah, Maureen won't watch any either, really. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. That's why I got a podcast with you guys, so I have an excuse to watch Aliens, you know? <laughs> you but, don't need an excuse to watch Aliens. Well, I don't, but, you know. I actually took off work tomorrow for a variety of reasons, but I might put Aliens on right now. <sighs> 30th anniversary Blu-ray just hit today, guys. Is it any different than the previous releases? Eh, just a nice box. Okay, I've got the I've got the box set. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Same. Be the third yeah. time I've had those movies in the last twenty years, mm-hmm. so I I think I'm done buying them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Want to see the inspiration for uh, Nancy and Jonathan? Just go watch Ripley and Hicks and Aliens, oh, baby. Man. Segway. That is actually a great, great comparison. <laughs> I, I did not put that together before, but Ripley and Hicks. That's a really good comparison because that is very, very similar. Like. You know, yeah. Hicks respects her abilities, and Jonathan, you know, he doesn't give her any crap. He's like, you know nope. what? 
that's a good plan. Let's do that. You know, he just kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so basically what you're saying is all Stranger Things needs is at some point, uh, Hop has to say, why don't you put her in charge? Exactly. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's what we need. No, Dustin needs to say that. (laughs) No, no, no. Steve. You make Steve say that. Oh my God. (laughs) Which, you know, he has a, uh, you know, and good for him. He, he has a, a little bit of a turn in this episode. Yeah. I, I kind of glossed over it, but he, yeah. you know, finally gets fed up. Maybe getting punched in the face like that will kind of make you reconsider your life. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, sitting on the hood of his Beamer, he tells his friends to get lost. And well, you'll see. You'll see in the re- next episode. He reconsiders his life, basically. He'll have his Hudson moment in the next episode. That's true. You wait. I'll point it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome well guys thanks for taking the time to record tonight and um, you can reach the show at castprotection at gmail.com you can also find us at at castprotection on twitter and you can find us on facebook we have a facebook group so come uh, join the discussion and until next time uh, thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with chapter 8 thanks guys If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two Two True true freaks. Freaks.